dreams you see the most of what is really true when you're stepping into your hurts. Only time can write a song that's really, really real. The most a man can do is say the way it's playing fields. And no, he only knows as much as time to him reveals. and ink studs and my guest this week is Antoine Cosset and uh, Antoine's uh, new book is uh, Showtime that just came out during the summer from the fine boys of Breakdown Press as well as Noai and uh, Mutiny Bay from Breakdown and Harold from Retrofit um, that was a lovely surprise in the Retrofit packages that they send me um, it's nice you have like a whole bunch of stuff out at once, so it's easy for me to kind of familiarize <laughs> myself with your work and jump into it. All right, cool. Um, now you're you're in Paris. Am I yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so was all this work, a lot of this work, already published in French? Um, no, no. no. Uh, what happened is I lived 
I just moved back to France, but I used I lived in England for twelve years. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I moved back last year. So all of this stuff has basically been uh, written and drawn like in England for oh. most of it. Like Noir hasn't, and actually Harold. I did the end. Harold was like done actually while I was moving. So it's kind of a weird one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I explain why it's weird. Um, but, yeah. So yeah, but all the rest of them were done in England. Okay, because I was say because they don't really feel like a lot of French stuff that I've seen. No. So. Oh well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And some people say that he looks French, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you lived in England for quite some time. Uh, yeah. Like, how old were you? I was that? 20 when I moved. Okay. Did you go there for school? I went there, um, yeah, for like a school of art. So for like a, an art school, sorry. Okay. Um, and I did three years of BA. That's the Bachelor of Art thing. And then, uh, and then I sticked around a little bit, basically. <laughs> another, another eight years. But yeah. So what was your, um, was, because these comics are fairly recent, um, were you into comics at that point, or what were you doing in... in yeah, in yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of always been into comics, I've always done them anyway. Um, okay. Since I'm a time, since I'm a kid. But it's kind of, uh, I kind of stopped doing them for a while, so I did a lot of them, like, when I was uh, tiny. And then I stopped kind of like from 18 till like, till I did my art school and I started doing them again on the second year or third year. And then after that, I just did like a few self-published comics. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, probably like 10 people read them. <laughs> and there were a series of three but I worked a lot, uh, a lot on my own, basically, for a while, in kind of isolation a little bit. <coughs> I had no idea about anybody else, like, working in comics in England or anything. You were pretty isolated from the rest of the English scene. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I went to one fair at one point to sell them, but I didn't really know anybody. What kind uh, of work were you looking at um, when you were young, before um, college? Well, when I was young, I was... Oh, in college. Before college? Uh, before college, boy, it's all the, the French stuff that I read as a kid. Um, all the classics, by Tintin, Asterix. Uh, I loved the Tunic Blue when I was a kid. Um, like, you know, it's, it's fairly common here in France. That you, yeah, you read them when you're, when you're a kid. Um, yeah. Did that stick through into your adolescence? A little bit. I kind of stopped... You know, I don't know, I started getting into music a lot. Mm -hmm. So that kind of went, the whole comic thing went a bit down. And then, you know, and then I, I played music. And then he went, and then I discovered Crumb, like late. Like when I was in the second year of my year. Okay. And then that totally blew my head. <laughs> so uh, I started doing comics again. What was it about uh, that Crumb work that brought you back into the fold? I don't know. It just kind of like uh, totally uh, clicked. I just loved it. So at college, what were you doing creatively before the comics? Um, 
I was in an illustration course. Okay. So they do like a lot. But it was really free. It was the first year that this course existed, or second year. So basically, the teachers didn't really, and it was really messy. So they didn't really have any idea of how to deal with the course. <laughs> so there's a lot of bad points to that, but the good points were we, we like left on our own a lot. So we basically had a studio of three years. It was okay. like in the middle of the year, you'd have like a printmaking thing or like a photography. So I did like printmaking the first two years and then I did photography the third year. It's like for like four months, basically, you change your, your depart, change of department for like a, for like a month. So um, how... How does Mutiny Bay, uh, that's kind of your first... Well, no, you mentioned another comic. I don't know if that was before we started or not that you did for... Yeah, well... And so kind of give me that connection from like going to art school to eventually having that book from Breakdown. Yeah, yeah. So so I was self-publishing these books and I was working... Because I did a lot of shit jobs in the meantime and then I was working for a while in a bar. And then in that bar... Uh, it was my friend Babak was working there and he's got uh, a m- music label but they published his comics uh, on the side of that label and they and he said well you know if, you, if you're working on anything just we'll, we'll publish it you know we'd love to publish it because uh, we, we talked comics that's what we were talking about together uh, when we were bored and depressed in the bar <laughs> so um so I did actually. At that point, I was like, "Well, maybe I, you know," because I only did like a few little bits and bobs. I never really like finished, apart from these three self-published little books that I did. I never really pushed it. So I did the, the kind of a big book, like hundred pages, called Kido, and they published it, and um, and they knew Simon and Tom. He knew Simon and Tom Babak. Okay. Uh, so. I think they so then they kind of knew that I was doing comics and then yeah that's how it, that's how I started basically then they they read Kido they liked it and they said would you could you do something with us and uh, what was that? yeah and then I was I did another one with uh, with records 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 which is the name of the label <laughs> and and, and uh, uh, what was this. Uh, yeah, I did vignette, which is like a collection of little short stories. Okay. Uh, did my friend Alex and, and so Alex Jackson. That was writing the stories, and me, I was just doing a comic on top of it. I wasn't really illustrating the story, but I was kind of um, doing yeah, the comic inside of it. And and so they took one story of that book as well. They asked them if they could publish it, and so that that's that's how I started. So Mutiny Bay. Um... That's considerably longer than the previous work, I'm presuming. Yeah, yeah, it's longer. So tell me about kind of going into that story and doing uh, an extended work. I guess it's like, what, 200-something pages? Yeah, it's like 200 pages. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know. It's <laughs> now when I look at it, I was like, wow, that's, that's a lot of work. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> well, I just read this book that I really like by uh, Stephen Speck. Uh, it's about Magellan, it's about the, the explorer. And I loved the book, and I was like, oh, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd love to do something with it. And then, for no particular reason, I started to do like a, a story on it, and then 
I chose one little bit of that book and I said, oh, I'll, I'll read a few books about it. So I bought like some books and I read. And I liked the story, so I started, I started doing it, basically. And that's the story of, uh, of a mutiny. Um, yeah, exactly. That's the, the, the mutiny part of their trip, basically. What was it about that particular part of the story that stuck out to you? I don't know. I, I, I thought it was like, uh, I thought it was totally insane that these guys were stuck in that bay in the middle of nowhere. And like kind of, uh, yeah, it's, there's no, no, particular, no particular reason where they should follow any order or they should like, you know, stick to some kind of society you know, order, but still they do it. They yeah. follow order of captains and, you know, I don't know, it was interesting, all these guys stuck in the middle of nowhere, cold and hungry and just, you know, like doing some strategies of how to uh, take over one boat and just, you know, and then there's the whole uh, kind of jury thing where they all like, you know, judgment or whatever you call it, uh, well, on the trial. There's a, there's a whole trial. I didn't I didn't do it for too long on the mm -hmm. in in the comic, but it's quite a big thing. They had a they had an actual trial, you know. I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. Like they, yeah. They, uh, like a real human human being madness thing. Well, I liked, and that kind of speaks into why one of the reasons that book really worked well is um, you make it really subdued. And like you say, like very human, um, mm. where you kind of focus on the quietness there and like the isolation. Yeah, but well, they must have felt really, really lonely there. Yeah, like, yeah. they were really in the middle of nowhere. These guys, they had no idea where they were. Like literally, like I thought about it. It's, it's really weird. One of the the for me one of the strongest things in the book uh, is near the beginning. Um, where you do a whole series of drawings through the view of a porthole, um, and each page gets more condensed yeah. with portholes. And that was really um, striking for me. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm really interested in, in how that came about um, as a kind of a tone setter. Yeah. Well, I, um, I went to Seville, actually, to that place. Oh, wow. Like maybe like two years before I did the book. So I had all these pictures of, I don't know why, I took a lot of pictures of trees and places there. So this is, this is the path of the trees. And then, I don't know, I thought like maybe what they remember would be like uh, the green, because that city is beautiful. It's really warm and you know, it's sunny and warm. So I thought maybe if I was there, that probably would have, I'd like to remember. And then the, the pothole thing is, it's a trick that I've seen in one movie that really stuck with me. It's like an Odiard film. It's a French director, and he did this, this movie about a guy in jail, and he's slowly losing his vision. And so his trick in the camera is just does this little window, round uh, window. Basically, his vision that's slowly reducing, reducing, reducing. Mm -hmm. And I really liked it. So I totally ripped him off. <laughs> <laughs> but it means it put means, him everywhere in my comic. But it means something really different in your work, uh, in that yeah, specific. No, yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess he, he's for the memory thing. I think you know, just a 
like because this this run thing keeps coming back as well in the comic. Mm-hmm. And I guess after a while, it was it was interesting. It was a, a kind of motif, you know, it was a, a pattern thing, like a pulse. Yeah. Uh, it was good to give rhythm to the comic because it's quite it's quite confusing, I guess, at parts. Yeah, I mean, well, I was I was really confused when doing it. I, I was. It was. I don't know how to. Well, not confusing, it. but there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, it was like a, almost like editing it at, at one point. It was, there's so many little things. So. Yeah. I I don't want to say confusing as much as I'd say maybe immersive, if you know okay, what I mean yeah, that's, that. that's better. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> like you're, you're being put into this world, um, and you kind of got to find your way around it. It's like you come up from the surface, and something's not right. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah I guess it's a bit claustrophobic too, you know? Yeah. These little, these little circles are producing and reducing. Well, and it's neat because, I mean, you talk about being claustrophobic, and it... There, there are some ideas of like weird claustrophobia in there because you'll have, um, I mean, we've established the stories about a mutiny, and so in a ship, you know, when there's a mutiny, people mm. will be locked below deck, and then there's also people that are uh, left stranded on an island, and so it's like these different types yeah, yeah. of claustrophobia where you're like you're constrained or you're free, but you are doomed. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then there was this thing as well where it's specifically as well because like drawing people on boats, like because you try to imagine it how you, I mean, you, you probably don't always have to do that, but I guess for that one I had to kind of see in my head how, how the boat where, you know, how, how like in kind of like a 3D, like kind of how you would, how the boat would be and and so it was quite claustrophobic. They would be stuck on these boats, mm-hmm. and and drawing them always on these boats as well. Was a bit weird. It was a bit, I guess it was a bit claustrophobic. Yeah. Did you do a lot of study of the tall ships? Um, a little bit, but I didn't want to. I didn't want the book to be like a, you know, very technical book about what they were and what. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want the boat to not look like boats at that time, so I did a little bit of study, and I, and I, you know, I tried to make it look like the right boats at that time, but I didn't want to go into too much details about, you know, how they look like, and I guess the traps of doing like a historical thing is that you end up spending too much time on. I mean, you got to do it in 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 some way, you know. Yeah. The boats do look like the boats, and the guys dress like. I mean, I had to buy like I've got a book of costumes, <laughs> you know, Spanish sailor during the, the great discoveries. Yeah, but so, I mean, yeah, that's that's gonna be useful. But it's yeah, not. I like the idea of not getting caught up on that because you're more focused on the um, the inherent emotions. Yeah, let's say it was you know it was more interesting for me to just. Two of them, like just interacting with each other. It's it's really neat how color and darkness play in that as well, um, with a lot of the book being very dark, black ink based, uh, but bookended by these really bright color. And I'm wondering about how that juxtaposition as well, um, kind of tells a story. Yeah. <clears throat> well. 
Yeah, but obviously the idea was to start the book in color, and then I kind of gave up gave up that quite quickly, <laughs> just because just because I wanted to do like the, the, the there needed to be something to give to to explain like because there's a lot of flashbacks of guys like you know remembering their past and what they had been through before before going on the trip. Mm-hmm. So I decided to change the color of the paper, so all these pink pages as when they there's some, you know, flashbacks, their lives, and and I guess yeah, I don't really know exactly why, but there, there needed to be a distinction between what the, the the actual the actual mutiny and then the the, the because it's fictional, like the last bit of it when they're on the island, nobody actually knows what happened. Yeah, um, there's, there's no. You know, everybody knows that they left them there, but then nobody knows exactly what happened. So because it was me going on to the leaf, fictional on that. Is this what you, like, wanted to happen to them? Or... (laughs) Because that's it, like, when when one of those things, like, my my background is history. Uh, I went to school for history, and one of the things we talk about is, like, when people do uh, fictional works based on things or you know like you'll see something we'll have a speech mm. well, no one knows what the person said and part of yeah. that is the idea of um the the writer putting in their ideas inserting their ideas or inserting like um you know a moral value in there where there necessarily wouldn't have been in the yeah that's true it's kind of it's kind of weird isn't it yeah but well yeah i guess so. i guess that's why you know, I imagine what would happen to them. But then I, I probably, I've been gentle with them and they probably got slaughtered by Indians. <laughs> or like, you know. Because <laughs> there's this thing where like, basically I had to, there's another huge part of that story that I didn't, just because I, I don't think it was necessary for that. I mean, you, I just told it a little bit of a different story. There's a whole part where they discover, like, uh, not the Indians, but the, 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 you know, the local tribes that was there. Yeah. And there's a, this, this a horrible story where they get this guy on their boat and kind of kidnap him. And then last minute they decide not to kidnap him. They put him back on the beach. Obviously, the rest of the tribe is furious and try to attack them. So there is the, the, the idea that there's someone on that beach when they're looking at it. Yeah. But I didn't actually tell that story. So what really probably happened is just they got slaughtered by the tribe that was there. Most likely. Either so long or slow or quicker or long death. Yeah, or they, you know. Yeah. Or they, they probably they probably live there very happily. <laughs> With the Indians, maybe. I don't know. Now the the other thing about this book is it feels very different than um the rest of your works. Mm-hmm. Um do you feel like this is like more of a straightforward narrative to get out? And then now exploring more with your other works, or um, well, because normally it's quite I'm I'm a bit quicker. Like the well, first of all, that story was a true story. I mean, it's a historical fact. Mm. So I had to read about it. I had to, you know, kind of get information about it. Normally, my stories they like just straight from my brain. I just I mean, I just imagine them. I imagine the world. I imagine the characters and everything. So that was a big change for me, and then it was it's quite hard actually, because 
I mean, it didn't come as easy as the rest of my stuff, I think. Mm. He wasn't slow or anything, but he was just harder. You you felt like you, you have an obligation to, to what the story is, balance with what the story you want to tell is. Yeah, a little bit. There's this weird balance to get, like, where you... You gotta stick to the facts a little bit, and then, but you can't. But still, you gotta invent these characters because obviously, there's not enough writings to just really have, you know, proper, proper real characters there, apart from some captains. But, you know. now, now, that book taking place, you know, five hundred odd years ago. Uh, your other work also feels like it takes place um, in like a near future. Yeah, I think, and I'm really interested in that. In that, like, you've got the past, and now um, your fictionalized work. It's, it's just, it's like that kind of Philip K. Dickian. Mm. We're not quite there yet, but it's real close. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I quite like the idea of like setting stories in that look like it's now, but it's actually not. It's like a. I just, I read I read and I, I still read a lot of Ballard. Sorry, and it's always a little bit that. So the settings looked like they're from the present, but they you sometimes realize that they're either like in it's never in the far far future. It's not like movies or like total sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, it's still like I like that. I like the the realistic uh, way of drawing the now, but still getting into sci-fi territory. It's like this, the, yeah, no, it totally makes sense, and it's, that's like the sci-fi of, uh, this is where we could end up being, and there's a little bit of anxiety with that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the next book you did after that, then? So after you met Nibé, I did the uh, Harold. Okay. I started it, and then... Yeah, and then I had, uh, and then I did Noir just before Elcaf, which is another London festival. So I did it for the festival really quickly, like in like a week and a half. Oh wow! Yeah. So was Noir um, pretty improvised in a way, or do you have like a rough story? No, it was just completely improvised. Okay. And it really on the on the go. It was nice actually. It's, it's, I think it's my favorite. Probably because of that, he felt really like kind of really you know natural. I think the one thing like I really loved it, but I kind of mm-hmm. wanted more. Like I get <laughs> it ends, and I'm like, but it's just getting started. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably, yeah, probably could have. That all my like I don't know. Feel that with all of my books, you could like you know. Yeah, he liked to leave us uh, hanging. <laughs> no, no, no. But like two of the books were. They're like a Harold is actually like if you read like J one one two seven, it's basically a follow up of that. Okay. Not really a follow up, but the characters are the same. Oh, okay. So I had this grand idea of doing like a a huge story with like different books. But I don't know when I'm gonna have the time to do that. It sounds well. They will do another one. It's the same characters. And so, so was Harold done specifically for uh, retrofit? Uh, yeah. Yes, he asked me to, to do a book, and then uh, I had the idea of doing like a follow-up of that J one of seven, so I did it. Now that one, um, I haven't read the other book, obviously, as I stated earlier. But you don't, you don't really need to. <laughs> <And it's> not, <laughs> you 
they'll they work fine on their own, I think. Now the thing about Harold is it's kind of looking at um, celebrity culture in a way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm curious what you're interested in, just like how we watch other things, and maybe that kind of touches on in your in the why as well a bit. It's this kind of like weird passive observance. Yeah, well, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge thing in our society, isn't it? It's weird, but I mean, it's, yeah, it sounds a bit. It always sounds a bit cliche, but it, it's, it's it's fun to draw, and uh, there's a lot of movement in these stories. Like that, I like. So when you have like a huge horde of uh, paparazzi assaulting someone, it's quite it's quite violent and quite, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I guess it's really violent actually. This culture, like you know, this kind of preying on. And I'm not saying like preying on these poor people, but you know, it's an exploitive element to it. Yeah, exactly. And then it's ridiculous and pathetic, so it's it's kind of interesting on on that, you know. There's these two elements. But it was just, I mean, for that, it's, it's as well, it's, it was, you know, this story, kind of like, they, they, had, they have this story, so there's this, um, it's like almost like kind of a, I mean, it's almost like a fairy tale kind of setting with a, you know, princess and and this, this bodyguard and this, there's really classical themes and I wanted to do a little bit of a spin-off of it. Um, so yeah, that's why there's all these paparazzis and, and, and she's obviously really famous. And... Oh yeah. Now, what does sci-fi, and I feel so weird saying sci-fi because I think it's the, the term sci-fi, it's like someone with laser guns and mm. battle shields. Um, but it is sci- sci-fi and like, what does that function for you as a storyteller um, of, of your own kind of personal wanting to get out into the world? Um, I don't know. I like, I like reading sci-fi story, but not like a, not really crazy sci-fi story. I like, I like the border, like the really, it can be, it can be really creepy. Mm-hmm. Like a, well, you mentioned Ballard earlier. and Yeah, that's it. That, that kind of sound fiction, it's not, you know, it's sleazy and a bit sometimes, you know, and, and you, like you, you, you'll be left on your, mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. I just, I just really like playing with it, I guess. Um, but then you got to be careful because it's easy as well, you, can, you know, story-wise, you can, you can, you can, there's a lot of traps if you, if you, if you try to write sci-fi stories, but yeah. You know, it's always, it's always the same kind of like sometimes some of the same themes that come back. Like Bella is obviously a master. Like his stories are amazing. Yeah. But I guess it's like there's a limitlessness to it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Totally. Yeah, that's it. And then it's interesting to imagine the, you know, the consequences of our action now. So like that's in the near future, you know. Mm-hmm. So you can you can you can play a bit with that as well, and then you had you know you do a little bit of political but not too much. Obviously you're not, you know. You don't want to be dogmatic. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. You yep. can comment and and not, you know, not be pompous about it. 
<laughs> Although you can be as well. So it's quite difficult to in Noai, uh, it's beautifully printed. They did. It's uh, is it risograph printed? Yes. Yeah, it is. And um, three colors: the red, blue, and black. I guess. Yeah. Um, and let, I want to talk about the colors in it because I mean it's a primarily black and white book um, mm -hmm. with the red and blue. I guess used to signify certain spaces, certain moments in time. Yeah, that's. But well, I still use the circle actually. Oh, okay. As well, that's funny. Um, yeah, the the part in color is the the memories of the guy. It's going a bit loopy. It was making me think of. Um, do you ever read uh, Richard McGuire's uh, Here comic? Actually, I've never read that comic. It's ridiculous. Uh, I meant to buy that comic for a long time. <laughs> it, well, it's, the new it, one. Yeah, I mean, the old one. Um, it's like seven pages. Uh, I've seen strips of it, yeah, the old one. But okay. Actually... Yes. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. it, it's, it's just a room, and it kind of cuts up different points in time within that yeah. room. Um, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of that with like, Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, totally. Not in doing the same thing. No, 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 yeah, yeah, but it's true. It's like a, you take one place and you, you know, back when I like this idea, like places holding uh, some memories. Yeah. In some way. Yeah, believe a little bit in that. And, and part of that book is you kind of leave us hanging is uh, other folks coming to explore Mm. that space and, and and that's where like I'm really just like I want more <laughs> um, and I'm intrigued in that like, like how other folks respond to memories yeah that's it these kids they don't you know they have no idea what happened and they, they heard stories about so we don't even know how long I mean we you know there's this um, little graphs on the on the walls and like he's been trashed a little bit but we don't really know what happened to him basically um, if I remember, there's one kid that says like, "Oh, well, you haven't heard what he did, you know." So maybe he went totally wrong. Mm -hmm. He already. Or seemed maybe he met. Sorry. He already seemed a little wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he was already gone. <laughs> maybe, maybe he went further. You know? uh, and now your most recent thing, um, Showtime. And so is that going to be more parts? To it, and that's also a uh, breakdown. Yeah, I'm doing like a, I'm doing the second one now, and it'll be just in two parts. So I'm basically finishing the second bit, and I mean I don't know actually. Maybe there'll be more, but I think there'll just be two, and then we're gonna do it in offset with breakdown. So I don't know. I've started using colors in a bit of a different way lately. So maybe I'll, I'll recolor it. Everything, so it might take a, it might take more time than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. It would take because most of the breakdown stuff is Rousseau printed. Yeah, but Mutiny Bay, I'm thinking it isn't. No, Mutiny Bay was uh, upset printed. Yeah, because yeah. you have all those colors. Yeah, that's it. It was all like watercolors, and so it was just impossible to do it. Either. Yeah, you'd have to be extremely skilled, and it would still yeah. take a little. Spent ten years doing one. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so Showtime also feels a little near future, but that one also is, I feel it's a lot more surreal than everything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, I think I just arrived in Paris and I felt a little bit weird for a bit. Like, uh, you know, so I guess that book, 
reflect that a little bit. And now I'm starting to feel a bit more comfortable, so it's going to go a little bit. Uh, it's going to be. Did you grow up in Paris, or were you elsewhere? Yeah, in yeah. France? I grew up in the in yeah in the suburbs of Paris. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was an odd move for you. What, to move to England or to to come back, it was it was difficult. No, no, it, it wasn't odd, but it's just when you've been in one place for a long time, it's it's always a bit weird at the start. And because you know, because I was coming back to Paris, obviously, where I grew up and stuff. I'm also wondering about that shift. Um, I can't imagine the language shift as well, like being used to always speaking yeah. English to now almost always speaking French. I'm presuming. Well, no, because by in a, yeah, well, in the street, obviously, but. At home, my wife is Italian, so I don't speak Italian, so we speak English together. Oh, wow. So, so that's fine. You know, we still speak English between us. And you have a, a child, so your child's going to learn. Yeah, it's gonna be, uh, she's going to be like trilingual, <laughs> basically. That's kind of stuff, cool. That's amazing. Yeah. So Showtime um, is a magician performer um, kind of echoing you saying echoing your experience of your move or the the <laughs> feeling behind the move showtime is going to be uh, another longer work um, and, it, and it is like we're saying quite different than your previous work do you kind of see yourself transitioning into doing more different types of work and uh, not staying in one standard storytelling format. Yeah, well, I, I don't know, but because I, I haven't been doing it for that long, mm -hmm. like seriously, like you know, publishing books. So yeah, I keep. I feel like I, you know, I want to kind of explore different things a little bit. How long ago did your first book come out from Breakdown? Uh, I think it was three years, three years, four years ago. Jesus. You're doing pretty great for <laughs> thanks for three four years, um, and it's kind of exciting to me because like there's this neat condensedness to everything kind of coming out and just working through the stuff pretty quick. Uh, yeah, I think it's just lucky that I, I I do work quickly. I mean, I don't rush it, but it just like I'm you know I think. Is it yeah, mostly just, like doing? Do you do mostly like ink wash type work? Uh, yeah, yeah. I do like pen, pen, and then uh, ink. Yeah, exactly. Ink wash, black inks, and then watercolors, like grays. Mm -hmm. And then I just work a little bit on Photoshop, like you know, for the contrast and stuff. But, yeah. And then sometimes, like in Hawaii, yeah, I'd like. Uh, you know, flat colors. But, do, yeah. do you see other work that's kind of influencing you um, as you're doing comics right now? Like, is there any particular stuff that's like jumping out to you and kind of pushing you? Oh uh, yeah, loads. Yeah, loads of stuff actually. I mean, I like you know, I, I love Joe's work, Joe Kessler. Uh, like you know, Olivier Schauen for me at the moment. Obviously, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, I don't know, loads like Samir Kham, I love Samir Kham. Mm -hmm. um, I really like Lally, Lally, Lally West Wind, she's great. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, yeah, Anya Davidson, she's really good too. It's it's interesting how you really seem still quite connected to like the North American type yeah. of scene of work. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Are you finding much contemporary like in France now that you're back in Paris? Yeah, yeah, no, the, 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 there's a there's a really good healthy scene here. Mm-hmm. It's just that I don't I don't really I mean I you know I know a few of them I know like uh, the guys from uh, Lagon Volcan. What was that? You, you, have you heard of yeah you've heard of a uh, Volcan Lagon? Oh, Volcan. they did the anthology. Yes, that's it. Yeah, I haven't actually seen it yet, but I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's two guys, Sammy and uh, Alexi. Mm-hmm. They're really good, and then there's. There's loads of people, but I don't, you know, I don't really know them yet. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of time. <laughs> Plenty of time, yeah. Uh, and so you're going to be at the Lake Festival in, uh, is it in Kendall? Yeah, Kendall. In Kendall in, in the UK, um, in the north of England, and that'll be in October um, with Showtime 1. 2, I'm presuming, won't be out yet. No, no, no. Then. No, it won't be. Um, well, thank you, Antoine, oh, uh, pleasure. for joining me today. Minor folks have been talking to Antoine Cosset, and uh, you can find most of his books from Breakdown Press, including Mutiny Bay, as you mentioned, Showtime, and Noai. Um, are all three in print there? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think so. As well as Harold from the fine folks at Retrofit, Retrofit slash Big Planet in america uh i'm really i'm excited to see where your work goes uh, all right because like it's it hasn't been that long you're really doing some some fantastic fascinating work thank you uh yeah look forward to more thank you Antoine. yeah no problem Mm -hmm.